Welcome to the How Do I Mom podcast. This is not your how-to guide to motherhood. This is a how-do. How do you mom? How do I mom? And how can we mom better together? By sharing our stories, we become more connected. Join us and allow us to meet you where you are in whatever season you're in. Hi, everyone. Welcome to summer and episode five of How Do I Mom? Um, I'm really excited because over the last three months, you guys have just shown so much love. To date, we have over 320 plays across all platforms and episodes. And I just want to say thank you so much. We're just getting started and just starting to scratch the surface. And I'm excited to see what's going to come for the rest of this first season. Um, when I first started dreaming of episode titles and my guest wish list, this episode and today's guest were must-haves for me for season one. And you will definitely find out why. Um, You know, when you think about your spectrum of friends that you have and how they impact your life, you can kind of separate them by proximity to you. And Katie and her husband are in our closest of circles. Um, My kids and I actually often make Costco runs with them after church. My husband actually usually hangs out at church and works. And so um, Katie and her husband are my go-to Costco partners. Isn't that right, Katie? That's right. (laughs) We love to grocery shop with all the kids. <laughs> we typically hit the uh, the concessions first. Yes. So that none of us are hungry. Cheese, ice cream, hot dog. Every. Cheese pizza. Every time. Yes. We always bring wipes because it's always a mess. Um, but they are my Costco buddies and our dear friends. And so I'm just so grateful to have them on. So without further ado, Katie, welcome to How Do I Mom? Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me on, Allison. Yeah, so I'm Katie. I guess I'll tell a little bit about myself. Yes, please. Um, My husband, Clay, and I have been married for uh, almost 18 years, but we moved to Georgia a little over 10 years ago, and we came here for work, and we've been here ever since. We, as of today, we only have two animals left Mm -hmm. in our house, I know. We have two miniature long-haired Dotsons. They're the cutest things. You yes. ever did see. Yes. My kids would attest to that. And they're Zippy and Zylo. So Don't they have their own social media platform? They do have their own <laughs> handle, yes. Wait, where where can people follow them? Hashtag Zippy and Zylo. Okay. We'll we'll put that in the on in the, the post. socials. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, no, we, we love living here and being a part of the community here and of course you and David, um, and your boys and your kiddos are some yes. of the some of the best part of our friendships. Yes. Well, we we love you guys dearly, and um, I want to give you guys a little bit of insight into Katie and my our friendship. It's we are those friends that are just very honest and frank with each other. And let me tell you. So when I prepare for these podcast episodes, I typically send people the questions the week of, and we kind of go through them together. And um, it's pretty, it's usually a pretty easy process. However, with my dear friend, Katie, um, I send her the list and I send her the text and say, Hey, the questions are in your inbox. Let me know if you have any questions, you know, leave it there. Y'all, the reply I got was simply don't like it. (laughs) Don't like it at all. (laughs) Now, I will, and we're about to jump into this anyways, <laughs> but this is, this is, you know, the first of many sensitive topics that we'll talk about on this podcast. And so, you know, I had put a lot of effort and even checked with a friend and my husband about the questions. And yet, you know, when it comes... And I still shut it down. Shut down, y'all. <laughs> totally shut me down. But you know what? It's, 
there's there's always more behind the scenes. And I'm so glad that what it did is it allowed us to have a deeper conversation about what this conversation should look like and really be able to touch people who are walking through this. Yep. So, um, so you did, you already shared a little bit about yourself. Did you share a little bit about your professional background too? No, I didn't. I was so wrapped up in the cute animals. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so during my day job, I am a hospital administrator. I'm a, a senior director for physician services group, um, at a hospital in Augusta, Georgia. And I've been with this organization for 11 years and hope to retire doing what I do. I love my work and um, love taking care of people indirectly. I'm not a clinician. You do not want me working on you um, or with you, but (laughs) if you need anything administratively, I'm your girl. Yes. Yes. Well, Katie is amazing at what she does and uh, she was getting blown up by work even before we started. So listen, we're just happy um, to have this time together. Yes. So listen, today, as I already mentioned, is a very personal matter, and we realize that many people may identify with this topic and with part of Katie's story. Um, As heavy as this subject can be, our goal today is to bring encouragement and hope um, amidst any unknown situation that you might be facing. So with that being said, today's topic is how do I mom in the unknown, right? Um, We actually had a different title and we really realized after diving deeper that that just was not the appropriate fit for this situation and part of Katie's story. And so, you know, regardless of what you're walking through, like I said, our hope is to bring encouragement and hope despite whatever it is that you're walking through. Um, But we know that today with all the resources that we have available, I mean, goodness, we can find anything we want in a matter of seconds in regards to resources. Um, but in regards specifically for stats regarding infertility and all the options for families and women experiencing this. Um, so those of you that maybe don't have the full understanding. So infertil- infertility is defined as the inability to conceive after 12 or more months of regular unprotected intercourse, right? According to the World Health Organization, roughly one in six worldwide experience infertility. So those are big numbers, right? When we think about people and, you know, um, when when we talk about personal matters like this, we often talk about them in private because it is such a private matter. But sometimes when we walk in private, we realize that so many people have, we lose the fact that so many other people are walking in a similar path. Yeah. And that's why today the subject is just so important. Um, and I'm really excited because, so I invited Katie on today because being a mom in the unknown is a part of Katie's story. So as Katie mentioned, they've been married for almost 18 years. So at what point did you start trying for children and realize there may be more to the story? Yeah. So, um, this is definitely a heavy topic and, um, I just appreciate um, allowing me to be vulnerable today because um, it is a very near and dear thing to my heart. And so, um, you know, when Allison asked me about this, I said, oh, yes, absolutely, I'll do it. And then she wanted to schedule it. And I've been avoiding her for weeks thinking, (laughs) oh, I don't know if I'm ready to do this. But, um, you know, the truth of the matter is I do want to share a little bit of my journey with you today because God has been faithful in, in my waiting and in the, in the unknown parts of my story. And so, you know, basically my husband and I have, have essentially never been on any type of birth control for starters. And so after about year five, I think if I had to 
kind of put a number on things. At about year five, we became very intentional about trying to conceive. And, you know, to spare you the long, painful details, because I know the women listening to this now are likely walking in Mm. the same season, right? And so we, you know, we went through... um, all the things we've done, all the things. And, and, you know, we've been told, um, you know, we, we don't know why you can't conceive. And then in other seasons, we've been told, oh, you need to have this repaired and this repaired. And we've, we've diligently walked through all of that and done all of that. Um, but when it came right down to, okay, your next step is fertility because you have yet to conceive. We just felt a very, um, heavy, uncomfortable, there was no peace in our home Hmm. is really the best way I know how to explain it. And I'll just say that I'm not in a marriage where, um, if I want to do something and he doesn't, we did, you know, it's gotta be both of us. Right. And so that's what, that's what healthy marriage is. And, um, you know, there were a lot of, you know, desperate moments where I felt like, no, we need to do this, even though I knew in my heart it wasn't what I felt peace about. Because I think as women, we, we, this internal clock is ticking and we begin to feel a little desperate at times. And so the bottom line is that my husband and I chose not to move forward with fertility. Um, I could read you a whole journal entry on what that experience was like and how I just, it just, it was not um, blessed, if you will, you know, it just, there was things, it wasn't the right thing to do for us. And so I absolutely went into this, uh, firmly believing in fertility and that it was, um, you know, I was okay with it personally. And then my, my position with it changed in my own experience. And so I don't want anyone listening to think that I'm saying infertility and going through fertility treatments is wrong. I'm not saying that at all. Mm -hmm. I'm saying that for us, we did not feel a peace about that. And so, um, you know, you made a comment about women who try to conceive after 12 months, you know, are kind of fall into that medical category of being infertile. And for us, it's now been over 12 years that we've, you know, we've really tried to conceive. And so I, you know, this question might be a little long winded, but we've just, we've been through seasons where, I mean, women will just tell you everything, 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 Yes, you know, like, like, I don't know how to do what I need to get done to make a bit. I mean, it is just amazing. And I know it's just um, a desperate empathy, you know, empathetic way of women wanting to help. But it, I think that if it's not God's timing, it's just not God's timing, you know. So, um, yeah, that that's kind of where we are. And um, I, you know, that's... <laughs> That's why we called it the unknown because there's just, there's not a lot. I think some women go into this and they know clearly what, you know, um, whether, you know, they believe that the Lord has spoken to them or in their own um, gut, they believe that they will have children. I can't say that that's been my story. I can tell you what some of the things that are in my journal um, and, you know, but I do believe that, um, God is not done until God says he's done and his timing is perfect. And so we wait. Yep. 
You know, what I love about what you said is you were talking about what was right for you and your husband and for you mutually, right? It wasn't exclusively, it wasn't what others were telling you. And that's, that truth reigns for so many different things in our life, right? That our truth is different from someone else's, right? And, um, you know, whether I could compare that to a whole bunch of things and I don't want to take us off topic, but what I love is that you guys chose to trust in your truth and, and sit in that peace and, and really make peace with that. And right. I'm, I'm proud of you for doing that because, and, and we're going to dive into this a little bit more, but the pressures that come along with this story and this journey, especially if you're walking on this journey currently, um, it can eat you up. And like you said, there were times when you felt not necessarily pressured, but your own emotions took over and took you to a place that... You know, it's like the idea of, oh, well, I really want this house, but it cost $50,000 more than what we are approved for or right. than what I'm comfortable spending. Right. Oh, well, let's do it anyways. Well, that's no, that's an emotional decision. Right. Whereas, you know, you recognized and you didn't cast out those emotional decisions. Mm-hmm. You said, let me sit with them and really pick it apart and say, what's truth? Yep. And what's, where are my emotions? And then journaling about that. And that's such a beautiful part of your story. Um, I know a lot of people that walk through this, especially after, you know, many, many years. And again, it goes back to those, those people who might poke and prod a little too much. They would say to you, why not foster or adopt? So for you, um, why has fostering or adoption not been, um, or something that you guys have thought through? Well, your kids keep me busy. (laughs) Number one. That's true. That's true. (laughs) We, you know, my husband and I, the short answer is because we haven't felt prompted to from the Lord. And so, um, you know, we're firm believers in God and whether anyone listening chooses to believe in God or not, I do. And he's been um, the guide in our decision making for this particular journey. And so we have several nieces and nephews that we have been able to be a part of the village in raising. And we're very proud of that. We have from day one taken um, a very active role in our nieces and nephews lives. And um, some of my fondest memories about 10 or 15 years ago is when they were all younger and having them over at my house for the weekend at a time, which I now do for your kiddos. And it's just, um, you know, the short answer is just that we don't feel prompted to do that. Um, you know, my mom had even asked me a couple of years ago, she came into a situation where there was a child who needed help and she was very connected to the situation. And I remember driving on 285 telling my mom, you know, there's a reason why God allows women to have nine months to prepare for a child. I really, I just couldn't wrap my head around. You just come home one day with the child. So what I took that as it's not for me. Um, would I love to? Yes. But it all goes back to, I wanted to do fertility too. And the Lord just put a big roadblock right before we got ready to hit the gas pedal. And so I think as, you know, a believer, you, you decide you're either going to try to live your life according to God's word or you're not. And for me in my house, we, we really make efforts to live according to what the word says. And that means even when we don't like it, even when we may get a no or a not yet, 
we we do what we feel a piece or you know a piece to do and so that's really kind of the bottom line for us um it just we haven't felt released to do that mm, that's so good and you know as those those of you are listening out there you know Katie is sharing part of her story and her husband's story and that may not be exactly your path that's and that's right. the beauty in it right, right. because Thank God adoption is for some people out there right. and, 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 you know, IVF and, and all the other options out there. And it's such a beautiful process. Um, however, it's so important that you know what's right for you. Yeah, I think that's the message here. You know, again, I also want to reiterate the third time that everyone's journey is is unique mm-hmm. um, to their own relationship. But this is my journey. This is my story with my husband and what we've chosen collectively to, you know, what we feel is right for our home. And, you know, the truth be told, as crazy and audacious as it sounds, I mean, we're tired and old from a parenting (laughs) age perspective, but we still believe in miracles. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, we're still standing um, and believing that if this is what God wants for us, he will do that. I mean, there's plenty of of crazy stories that I've heard along the way that I think have built my faith in a way. But um, yeah, it's just, it's to each their own. And the the point here is that you need to be on the same page as your spouse Mm -hmm. and you need to feel a peace about it. So often in today's society, we just do it because we want to do it because we want to please ourselves. Yep. And, and this instant gratification, and this instant gratification. And my husband and I don't, well, we are human, so we, we do make mistakes, but for the big decisions in life, we really try to be intentional about not, not doing what we want, um, we try to do what we feel, mm-hmm. you know, the Lord is really leading us to do. Mm. And sometimes that hurts. Yes, it does. It, it, because growth can sometimes hurt. Yeah. Right. And it often does. Um, so there are so many women that have and are currently walking through this. So whether you are struggling with infertility or the adoption process, or maybe you're focusing on your professional growth or you have chosen that motherhood is not for you. There is significant pressure and expectation on women to have children and an endless range of emotions come with that, whether it's the judgment or pity or unworthiness that a woman can't truly fulfill her calling as a woman if she doesn't bear children. So what has your experience been and how did you handle it? Yeah, That's a tough one. I mean, there's a range of experiences that come to mind, unfortunately, with Mm -hmm. comments that have been said along the way. And I think the most common one does come from men, surprisingly. Mm -hmm. Uh, Typically, male colleagues, if I must say, that feel comfortable enough to ask, uh, well, when are you going to have children? (laughs) And, um, you know, I even recently, I do work very closely with physicians in my, in my role. And I had, um, one recently say that you really don't know what you're missing out on. Mm -hmm. And he knows nothing about my personal life. He knows absolutely nothing. In fact, I've known him for a very short amount of time. And so, you know, those things are really insensitive, But I think that 
it's important for me and for whoever is listening to to look up and and you know you can kind of visit this space of crazy and of hurt but if you live there you'll you know you'll get damaged and you'll be broken and i just i refuse to live mm. from a place of brokenness mm. because my identity is not wrapped up in being a mom yeah you know and so i think that you know, after it kind of, oh, it stings or it's awkward or I freeze because I don't know how to respond in that moment because I, you know, I either want to go off or I want to not hurt their feelings. It really yeah. just depends on the, the day, right? Right. So, but, you know, I think the bottom line for me in the way that I've chosen to kind of manage these occurrences is just to, you know, kind of laugh it off and say something generic. And my girlfriends have certain opinions about that and how I should respond. But, you know, I don't want that kind of awkward confrontation. And so I just, I choose joy. I choose to forgive them and just, you know, say to myself that they meant no harm because truly they didn't. Mm -hmm. They really, it comes from a genuine place, but sometimes people just don't think, I mean, I, I, I do look pretty young for my age. She does, y'all. She does. And I am told often by women who don't know me that, oh, one day when you have kids because you're so young now. And, you know, I mean, these things happen. But again, I think if we were to pull out of this conversation, we all are, things are said to us each and every day that we can either be offended by or we can either throw past us and continue to move forward. Right. Yep. So it just, although it can sting and it's got some background and for some of you, you've gone through a lot more pain because you've had your own loss and you've, you've had so many other things in this journey that attribute to your pain. And so I know that for me, it might be a little bit easier said than done um, because I have not, and I consider myself blessed. I've, you know, we've just simply not been pregnant to our knowledge. Mm. And so, um, you know, I, I just kind of want to put that out there. But for me, that's just kind of how I deal with it in order to stay sane, right? Mm -hmm. Because I don't want bitterness to grow in my heart. Yeah. So yeah, Katie is, is sitting here preaching to me because, you know, and, and I mentioned this early, Katie and her husband are in our closest of circles and, um, my mama bear comes out when I hear things like this, especially when it comes from a close friend, because, you know, like Katie said, there are so many opportunities in our life to be offended at the same time, even though it's up to us to be responsible for how we respond, it's also up to us as humans to be a lot more careful in how we address other people. Right. And so for those that are listening out there, um, you know, both men and women, I would just really encourage you to guard your words a little bit more carefully because, it, you know, this situation or a completely different one, you never know what someone else is walking through. And um, you never know, you know, Katie has walked through this for many years and has a different level of faith than maybe someone who just has been in, doing this for a couple of years and has had several losses. And you just don't ever know what someone's you know, story is. And mm -hmm. so I would really encourage you um, as you're listening to this to, to take, to take some stock of maybe things you've said. And if, if you are one of those people that have said something like this, that maybe there's an opportunity for you to, you know, go to that person and 
um, apologize or, or repent. And so, you know, as we're getting ready to wrap up here, um, Katie, what would you say to the women and the couples that are walking through a season of waiting or in the unknown? Yeah, no, that's a great question. You know, a woman or a couple who trusts God trusts his timing. So that's been our anthem, right? And whether you choose to believe or not, um, God is for you and he is not against you. Uh, I think that in any season of waiting or unknown, whether it be fertility, infertility or any other thing that you're waiting on or, or struggling through in your life, you know, I tend to take the position of, okay, what is it that I can learn in this situation? What can I gain from this hard, hard stuff that will ultimately propel me into the next chapter or season of my life? Mm-hmm. And so I am, you know, I am, I'm a reader. I'm always reading leadership and spiritual type uh, readings. If I'm not reading some boring Wall Street Journal about, you know, the healthcare industry or Silicon Valley. And, you know, I mean, the bottom line is just that we um, we can either choose to grow from where we are and find something in it that will make us stronger and better and give back more. Or we can shell up and get on the couch and eat the eat the ice cream which is okay to do sometimes right you can visit that place right but don't live there but you can't live there yeah and so you know for a lot of women they might visit that place once a month right in in that moment of pain and disappointment but you got to get back up the next day and you got to put your big girl pants on and you know or else it will eat you alive right it will literally eat you alive And so it's really, we have to make a decision in those moments, um, in the seasons of waiting of how are we going to react and move forward? That's actually the perfect transition to my last question. So where are you at today on your journey? So where I am today in this journey, number one, I'm at peace with where I am. Um, I actually just confirmed that with my husband this morning, just to make sure there were no surprises if he listens to this later. But he and I agree, we're both at peace. Uh, we both still pray for a miracle. We believe in miracles. We've seen crazy things happen. But um, one thing that I want to share is kind of in this journey of infertility, which I hate that word, but kind of since we're talking about this subject, there has been a scripture that has kind of been what I have stood on in this season. And I want to share it if that's okay. Absolutely. So in um, John nine, it just the first couple of verses talk about um, when Jesus healed a blind man. And the first, just summarizing this, I don't have my Bible in front of me, but it basically is talking about this blind man who is healed. He was born blind. Okay. And the, the verses talk about how, his parents, um, you know, it was he was born blind, not due to anything his parents had done. I think a lot of us who are raised in denominations or religion, you know, whatever our backgrounds are, we tend to think, me included, we tend to think that, um, you know, your child is born blind. What did I do? Did I do something wrong? But what the verse continues to say is that um, he was, this was not any other reason other than for the power of God to be seen in him. Mm. 
for his testimony of healing to become. That's right. Yes. And so I just want to speak that over the listeners and, you know, listening that um, just because mine is unknown, my story is not finished yet. My story has not been completed. The, you know, the last chapter has not been written. And I'll tell you that even if it is finished one day and I still did not conceive, I will still be confident that that God allowed me to speak into other women's lives, to glorify Him and to bring honor to His name because He is a good God and He loves each and every one of us and He is a good Father. And so um, that's one thing, you know, we talked about the unknown, the title of this, but the one thing that I have always known is that God would use this to get all of the glory and all of the honor. Mm. Wow. I don't know about you guys, but I am sitting here um, stopping the tears because this is such a an emotional topic. And Katie so beautifully stated part of her journey with us and shared. And I'm so grateful for that. And, um, you know, something that Katie said a few minutes ago when she was talking about um, where she's at today and, you know, she spoke to waiting, the waiting, right? And she talked about this anthem. So it's so interesting to me. We initially titled this, How Do I Mom in the Waiting? And after a deeper discussion, we really, you know, shifted to How Do I Mom in the Unknown? And I would really encourage you, no matter where you are today, that if you realize that the power is in your perspective, in living fully and choosing joy and making peace with your circumstances, um, even breaking expectations, right? We all have ex- expectations, whether, whether we are a mom in the unknown or, um, we're something facing something completely different, another giant in our life. Um, it's, it's really exchanging our expectations for fully experiencing our truth and I would encourage you to review your perspective and really see what anthem are you claiming over your life. Right. Um, but I am I am so grateful. Katie, did you have anything else you wanted to add? Yeah. Can I read this last little yes. thing? So just, just this morning, uh, as you know, I'm scrolling through, I followed this page called Proverbs 31 Ministries. And I feel like this was meant for this podcast. So I just want to read this over the ladies who are listening. It says, you put in the hard work and inquired of God every step of the way, but things still didn't happen the way that you hoped that they would. Maybe you're beginning to question if God really cares about the desires of your heart. Friend, this not yet is not a never going to happen. And perhaps while you wait and choose to celebrate others, you'll grow to become more like Jesus and be encouraged by the evidence of hope all around you. Wow. Wow. Guys, we could sit here and continue this beautiful conversation, but I, this is going to simmer with you for a while. This conversation is going to sit with you and I would encourage you to, to sit with it, especially if you're walking through this or you have, and there's healing that's needed, um, or you have a friend that is walking through this or family member. I would just really, you know, ask you to consider to sit with this, let this simmer on your heart and um, see how you can be a part of um, choosing that joy. And so, listen, Katie, I cannot thank you enough. I know that this was the first 
um, podcast I've recorded that really covered a sensitive subject. And I thank you for your courage and your bravery to be here with me today, because even though you avoided me, you ultimately, (laughs) you ultimately did this. And I know that you didn't just do it for me. You did it for the people out there who are walking something similar. Um, so everyone, thank you so much. Thank you for your support. Thank you for joining us. Please remember to share, subscribe, Um, You can follow us on HowDoIMom.com for more resources. You can check us out on IG at HowDoIMom, Facebook, HowDoIMom, Inc., and Twitter, HowDoIMom underscore com. Um, We love you guys, and we pray that you have a wonderful week. Thanks so much. Thank you for joining us today. Subscribe and make sure to visit HowDoIMom.com for more resources. That's my cue. Until next time, stay connected and share your light because you are extraordinary.